What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. The Phil Show. Good to have you. Uh, the award-winning News and Talk of East Tennessee and The Phil Show. And getting ready, uh, my favorite part of the week, and that, of course, is digging in the dirt with the incredible Neil Denton from the University of Tennessee Agriculture Extension Department. Now, today, I guess we're going to have to talk about the dryness we've had, the rain that's coming, the leaves that should be peaking, uh, and uh, coming up, the great pepper predicament. Yes, what's her name and and, my, and her friend Ruth and uh, Jennifer all got these peppers as they have a passion for these uh, peppers, a pacifier for some. Uh, I don't think they made any kind of pepper pack or anything like that, but uh, the picture on the peppers was not what uh, the peppers uh, turned out to be, and they're going to ask Neil about the pepper predicament and why the peppers uh, weren't what was on the, I mean, you know, it's a produce thing. I'm trying to think of all the P words I can, Neil. Uh, here, uh, Pick a pack of pepper predicament. Uh, yeah, it is a pepper predicament, my friend, and we'll get to that. How's Neil mm-hmm. Denton today? Neil Denton is wonderful today. Brother, you know I love you. How's the, uh, how's the wheel? How's the foot, the leg, the ankle, all that stuff? Well, I've just been freed up today to be able to walk on it some, so trying out to walk with a crutch a little bit and Great. that's uh that's been nice making me a little more mobile yeah yeah that and that and that's something you know and, and prayers for eric glasgow you know he's already got an amputation and then he fell and broke his leg in like two or three places and you oh know you, you don't have to look far to find someone that may be in a worse predicament another p word uh than you and it's hard to stay positive i'm guessing uh, because he is uh, not at all ambulatory. And, you know, we were talking, and, and you and I know this because we're old guys, uh, when you have a malady like that, and I know it from a hip and a knee replacement, uh, you got to get the big high toilet. Uh, you know, you get that, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and it's an ordeal. Uh, doing things is an ordeal. Uh, and, and your wife, I'm sure, as well as mine and Eric's, uh, probably deserve some sort of uh, award uh, you know, for taking care of us, that sort of thing. Uh, but I certainly do. It's, uh, you know, it's a pain to be uh, virtually helpless for a while. It's just so aggravating. You can't yeah, do things it is. you would like to do and that kind of thing. So, you know, the, the only the only good thing about it is, you know, you, you kind of like, you know, how you feel. Well, I heard. Would ice cream make you feel better? And, and that always, the answer to that is yes. Always, always, always better, is better is a yes. Neil Denton, uh, leaves are now beginning to fall. Uh, I've already done one little mulching uh, session, uh, as it were. Uh, let's talk about it. Let's ask the big question. Third week, uh, third uh, weekend in October. This is normally, isn't this when the the leaves usually peak at the higher elevations? Yeah, generally we see the peaking at the higher elevations. The, the elevations that we can easily get to by cars is usually in the third week. Um, 
And then, you know, we start to see it each week, it begins to get lower. Generally in the valley, we're going to peak sometime uh, in the very end of October, 1st of November. But I, I suspect, as always, we're going to have beautiful colors. The only issue is it may not be quite as nice as we've seen in the past. Just because we're going to, we've been so dry, mm-hmm. we may see a very shorter window of color. I guess I should say okay. you're always going to have beautiful colors, but it when it's this dry, it can shorten up quite a bit. And we are still. I mean, we got a little rain, and we're scheduled for some. Uh, not scheduled, but forecasted uh, forecasts for some on Friday. Uh, are we in a? Uh, I mean, this is you the driest part. in November. Like the, it's going to be dry too, but it normally is. I think November, October, November. Uh, are we in any kind of trouble? Uh, I know we need rain desperately. The trouble that we're mostly in, Phil, is the fact that that you know we have lost a lot of ability to feed our livestock from just forage because we are not getting enough rain to keep the grass growing. So a lot of people are already feeding hay. And we we didn't have a terrible hay here, but we certainly had a year where we didn't have a lot of surplus. And that could lead to problems later on because even if it starts raining now, it's hard to grow much uh, forage as we get cooler and we're dealing with frost and freezes, it's going to affect our, uh, our our amount of forage that's out there for our animals. You know, a lot of people listening are going, you know, ah, big deal, it doesn't affect me. Well, yeah, it does. You know, we're so used to going uh-huh. to the, we're going to, we go to the grocery store and we buy steak or hamburger or chicken, whatever. We, uh, I mean, all of this affects us uh, tremendously uh, as you know, we... And, and, yeah, and one of the effects is not so much the economics of it, but one of the great things about living in East Tennessee is being able to just go up and down the road and see these beautiful pastures with mm. animals in it. Yeah. And just the sereneness of the rural lifestyle. Even if you're not living it, if it's close by you, mm-hmm. it adds a certain effect to you, to your mental state, to be able to see that that little easier, uh, I don't know if easier is the right word, but a little slower pace of life. Well, I think, and, uh, yeah, uh, I think you're right. And what dad among us has not, uh, not gone down the road and seen a bunch of cows and rolled down the window and gone, I mean, just to see, you know, you've done that for your kids. Uh, all right. Yeah. We got, uh, if you got a question for Neil, 656-8255, call or text Call or text a question for Neil Denton, and I've got some. And coming up, we'll uh, we'll get the question about the great pepper predicament, uh, and see uh, uh, get your opinion on this uh, perhaps uh, situation. Phil Show News Talk ninety eight seven. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Title Transference aired October 27, 2004. Director James Marshall, writers Todd Slavkin, Darren Swimmer. I really like this episode, and I'm surprised that you don't like it as much as you thought you did. I actually respect your opinion more than I respect my own in general. (laughs) (laughs) When you say things are good and I check them out, they are. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. 
The Phil Show. Good morning. Phil Show is on News Talk 98.7. WOKI, great to have you today. The fog uh, is very heavy. From the University of Tennessee Agriculture Extension Department, the incredible, knowledgeable, learned Mr. Neil Denton. Neil, does this fog mean anything? Because it's an October fog. I know the September fogs are... Uh, or is it August? August fogs, I guess, were, were, the, were the ones that are telling yeah. for uh, for snowfall. Uh, are, do you see? Do you foresee a, a wetter, colder winter, or anything like that? I think there's a chance that it would certainly be in a pattern of a little more normal of weather than we've seen in recent years. I mean, if you think about it, we've had a dry, dry October, dry fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's cooled off. It's beginning to get cooler, like we would hope to see. The last uh, few years, we've had some uh, wet Octobers with a real humid and, and warm conditions, and this year it's been a little more like normal, so that's good. Okay. Uh, the one thing always, it's always good to notice where fog settles on your property. Because that will tell you where frost will be first. Uh-huh. So if you pay attention to where the fog is, that can also give you an indication of where you need to grow your gardens and things in different spots. Because if you're growing it where the fog is at, you're going to shorten your season quite a bit because uh, huh. the frost will be there okay. first in the first in the fall and last in the spring in those areas. You know something? If, if, if I don't learn another thing today, I'll learn that, and that is great. Um, okay, uh, what's your name? Uh, my wife is uh, on a live line. She and her friends uh, have bought a lot of peppers. They, were, they bought some peppers, and they planted these uh, peppers uh, you know, in the garden and uh, planted them uh, parallel. Uh, and this is nothing a paranormal uh, but uh, when uh, you know it is paramount to uh, omelets and chilies and things like that for these uh, wonderful uh, palatial uh, uh, peppers, and they painstakingly planted these uh, peppers. Not that they panicked, uh, but these particular peppers didn't uh, grow as the picture painted. Uh, boy, I'm trying hard here with the. Hey, baby, what's happening? Not much. What's up? I don't know. Hey, look where the. Is it foggy there? Well, I'd have to get out of bed and do that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it is foggy here, and it's uh, not foggy on our garden. So okay, that's a good thing. That's a good thing, not foggy on the garden. All right, tell Neil about your pepper predicament. Uh, not that we're panicking because the peppers are uh, quite palatable, uh, in my opinion. It's nothing painful. Okay. Neil, this is what happened. I bought, oh, Phil bought them for me. The lunchbox peppers. Right, yeah. I like those. Mm-hmm. I love those peppers. My neighbor bought green pepper plants. And then two other mm-hmm. people I know did the same thing. All of us had random types of peppers, but none of what we bought. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know I what it, it I'll take it back. My, my neighbor had one bell pepper plant and five other random peppers. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we can get those seeds and tags mixed up really easy. And that's what, what normally happens. Uh, they've had an overrun of a certain type of pepper they planted. 
and the tags got mixed up and they went into the wrong one. Hmm. As a matter of fact, I bought some of these snack peppers and mine turned out to be different than they were last year. I ended up with a long, like it's more like a banana pepper in those lunchbox peppers that I enjoyed. That's what we got. Yeah. But these long uh, ones don't taste like a banana pepper. They taste more like a green pepper. Yeah. Yeah. They're just strangely shaped. Yeah. Yeah. I think think it's just a question of getting tags mixed up this year is what what I've seen. Okay. Uh, That's strange because uh, they came. It, all of these peppers came from different places. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. like we all bought them at one greenhouse. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, I've, the I have noticed that in 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 recent years that I've had more problems with that than I had in the past. And I think it's because a lot of our starter plants come from large greenhouses and they get shipped in, and I think sometimes they just get mixed up. Neil, uh, our little neighbor, uh, Clara, comes over, and we have a Halloween candle, and uh, she cooks the – she'll get a pepper out of the pantry. And, on her way over. No, she picks it oh, on her way over. she picks it on her way over out of she our garden. Her or, okay, she mm-hmm. picks her pepper <laughs> and comes over, <laughs> and uh, because she enjoys pyrotechnics, she, like, she likes to get this extension. It's a child – she likes – I think it's more fire, and she'll roast the pepper on a candle, and we have to eat it. And they taste pretty good. And yeah, you know, scented uh, candle adds a lot to it. Don't it's you a think? scented candle, and because they're not your kids, you let them play with fire. Uh, real quick, uh, what what about the questions about the? You wanted to know if you could get onions, oh, or, or what? It, um, I can't find onion sets. Is it too late to play plant onions or garlic for the winter? Yeah, it's not too late to plant garlic, but it is a little okay. late to find onion sets. So you may have to order yeah. them offline. You could still plant onions at You just aren't going to get spring. a lot of growth until the spring. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Last year I just went and got garlic cloves at the store and planted them. And, or the last time I did it, and yeah. they did great. So I guess yeah. that's what I'll do yeah. then. Yeah. And we have no vampires. So, okay. so it's really good, I think. All right. Very good. Yeah. I, I, I love you. Are you uh, cooking more? F- you. Are you doing more FUMC things today? I am. I'm finishing up that FUMC. Yeah. Neil, she's uh, cooking with, with our church and the First United Methodist Church. I saw this label on this meat, and it said F-U-M-C. On like th- I'm like, who's M-C? And I didn't know. Uh, and uh, so turns out it was no one we knew. All right, we're coming back with the incredible yeah. Neil Ditton and more as we dig in the dirt. On the Phil Show on News Talk 98.7. Stay with us. The Phil Show. Good morning to Phil Show on the award-winning news and talk of East Tennessee. Great to have you. Now, Bob Dylan heard this remake and said, this is awesome. Earlier, we did songs where the original artist said, oh, I hate it, you know, and all that. Well, a lot of fog. The incredible Neil Denton says, uh, be mindful where the fog is at its lowest place or where it settles in your on your property, because that's where the frost will be and the freeze uh, uh, will go there first. Did I say that correctly? That is correct. All right. And like I said, if I hadn't learned anything... Uh, we have indeed learned that today. All right, we got a bunch of questions coming up, some on the live line, some on the text line. Matter of fact, let's go ahead and get started uh, with some more questions for the incredible Neil Denton. Randy is on the live line with Neil. Randy, uh, you have uh, our undivided attention and the floor. Go ahead. Great. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, first of all, most of my frost is in the bedroom. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> hey, 
Hey. Hey, Zero Week. Mike, I have a two-part question. Uh, hard neck or soft neck for garlic in seven eggs, hardness area? Which is the uh, Usually the hard neck is a little easier to grow, I think, than the okay. soft neck. Okay, because I think it all depends on who you're trying to buy it from, and each one says, no, this is it. So, yeah. And second one, second question, what kind of mulch is the best mulch to use once you get the garlic in the ground? I would probably use something that's like a pine straw uh, product would be my suggestion. Uh, I like it because it doesn't, yeah, pine needles, pine needles, because it doesn't doesn't hold as much moisture right to the ground as some of the other mulches do, and that can be helpful uh, to allow some airflow down there. Well, what about pine chips, then, like you would put for for bedding in chickens? Would that work? If it's large, yeah, yeah, that should work. Um, that could work as well. Okay, and I was told that right around the first full moon in October, that's when you get it in the ground, but, uh, first frost, right? Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, October, you, you know, October, early November, yeah. You know, you are, you are my favorite person to listen to. <laughs> Good deal. Good deal. Yeah, you've helped me out with you've helped me out with relationships, breaking up, and getting into new ones, and and all of my garden needs. So you're, you're well. All right. All right. <laughs> oh, Neil Denton, love guru, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, we could, we could do. There we go. Yeah, we could, we could do all that. Randy, thank you for a uh, good calls for appreciate that. Hey, Neil, anything going on UT Agwise uh, that we need to know about? Uh, not anything I can think of right off. I mean, we're we're going into our reporting season towards the end of the year. But uh, just keep watching the website, uh, UT Extension, and you'll see things going on across the state I'm sure I'm not aware of. Yeah. Uh, Well, no question. Uh, Bill Gentry, our buddy Bill Gentry, uh, gets to us, and he says this. Ask Neil, and he he, uh, took a picture of it. It's very pretty. Ask Neil, when is the time to dig up my banana tree and should I put it in a bucket and store it in the garage until spring or just cut it back and hope it comes back in the spring? Thanks, uh, Bill Gentry. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, I would dig it up and put it in a bucket unless he knows specifically what type it is. We do have banana plants that can last our winters, but we, you know, it's hard to know for sure. And certainly if you have the five degrees prolonged like we had last Christmas, most of them are going to have a tough time surviving that. So I would dig it up. Uh, Generally, it's okay to let that first frost kind of kill it back, um, you know, and then dig it. Um, That allows you to get rid of all that foliage and get rid of it easily. Mm. Then dig it up and put it inside. Okay. Um, so uh, generally, that works okay. Neil, it's uh, less than two weeks till Halloween. I remember a couple of times Mama would buy pumpkins and and stuff from the church because they'd have them on sale for a mission fundraiser. Okay. Yeah. Now they mm-hmm. we didn't carve them up. Mama would come home and run a little bit of uh, water and and put white vinegar in the bathtub. 
and put them pumpkins in there. And anytime we wanted to take a bath, we didn't have a shower. We wanted to take a bath, we had to get them pumpkins out of there and dry them off. Uh, and she said that was the way to keep them fresh. Uh, she said it, 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 she said it doesn't hurt the deer is what mama said. Is, was mama right? Yeah. yeah. I would say that anything like that, any, that, you know, vinegar is a disinfectant. Okay. So it would work fine to, to keep them fresh and keep them under control. But you can also wash them in any type of disinfectant type of material like uh, Clorox, uh, uh, dilute solution of Clorox or chlorine, and that will clean them up and keep them longer. Now, as well. but if you've got, but if you clean them with Clorox, you can't like feed them to deer and stuff after that, though, can you? Oh yeah, I can mean, you? Okay, that, that chlorine evaporates so quickly. Okay, and there's very little residual left, and you're not using a real strong solution. Right, you're using the, you know, like a maybe a gallon of it to 20 gallons of water or something. So you're not oh, really okay. using the strong solution. I got you. Okay. Well, <clears throat> it said mama would put that in there with that vinegar, and then we would have to get it out and then drain it. We, I mean, you get out of the bathtub, smell like a pickle, you know, and yeah. it was, ooh. <laughs> 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 your skin is pickled and you smell like a pickle. Uh, Chester, from, yeah, Chester from Fountain City has a question. When we come back, uh, as we dig in the dirt with the incredible Neil Denton on News Talk 98.7. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. Scott Grimes is here Thank with you. us. Voiceover, that is like my dream job. I think I just have too distinctive a voice and I can't manipulate it. That's why I'm right. not a good singer. This is how great Seth MacFarlane is. I went in to do it and I was talking like this and he goes, good, now just get rid of the neck thing that you just did because it's one, it's ugly. And then I just came out like this and came up with this guy named Steve Smith who has a tiny little lisp, but so does Scott crime so it's perfect what women binge wherever you listen the phil show the incredible neil denton is with us as we dig in the dirt on wednesday man a foggy morning and uh, well uh, leaves starting to fall about to get mulch and blow time and all of that uh man uh, still some uh, uh, a lot of questions here we go real quick uh let me click and chester from fountain city says where can you purchase helleniums uh, you can get those, I think, at uh, Stanley's or Therese's. You can probably find those. Okay. Uh, Diane from Carn says, I want to transplant a hibiscus. Can I do that in the spring, or should you do it now? Yes. Okay. Yeah, you can transplant it in the spring. If it's one of the ones that's more shrub-like, probably in uh, the end of October, early November might be a better time. It's one of the perennial hibiscus that come up each year from the ground. I would do that okay. uh, probably in the spring right. or late winter. All right. Ray on the live line. Ray, quick, go ahead. Yes, sir. Uh, I have a dogwood tree, and it's been looking puny for the last two or three months. The leaves are tar- starting to turn brown and starting to lose all of its leaves really early. And uh, I was wondering... If it had a disease, what I need to do to it, whatever. How old is the dogwood? How long has it been? Is it something twenty years old? Or twenty? No, years it's old? a twenty. More than likely, yes. more than likely, that's powdery mildew. Um, it could be or spot anthracnose. That's a couple of diseases. One of the things that I would suggest doing. 
a little late now, but it's always a good idea to spray um, your dogwood tree with a fungicide in late September. I'd probably go ahead and spray it now, actually, with a fungicide. That helps kill all of those overwintering spores on the new buds that, are, that will be coming out in the spring. And then hit it again in about the middle of May after all the petals have fallen. Uh, spray it real good with fungicide again then that help keep the powdery mildew at bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would be the fungicide maybe that I need to use? I would use chloro- one that has chlorothalonil as an active ingredient. Uh, that's what I would probably use. Chlorothalonil. Wade, real quick, uh, final question for Neil Denton. Go ahead, sir. Hi there. I've got a, a hydrangea all summer beauty. And it was growing and flowering, and I read you people have coffee grounds on it. The flowers would be bluer. Well, I put a lot of coffee mm-hmm. grounds on. And the last three years, I've had no flowers. The bush is huge and rock and rolls, but no flowers. I wondered if I dig out the perimeter of that bush and replace that dirt. you think that would help? Uh, the best thing that you can do is... Well, first off, are you pruning it in the summer at all, or are you just letting it grow? Um, well, I, I, it it dies down about down to the ground, and I do prune it down to the ground because we live up here in western New York, and it dies right down to the ground. But it flowers okay. until I put coffee grounds on it. Yeah, my suggestion would be in that case is to go in there and actually uh, start putting phosphorus uh, fertilizer around it. Just buy phosphorus fertilizer. Put that around it in the fall. About a half a cup of it spread around the base of it will help okay. it in setting blooms again. I wouldn't worry about changing the coffee grounds. I wouldn't add any more. Just put for the next couple of years some phosphorus around it. Well, if it's flavored coffee, that doesn't work. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> All right, Neil Denton. Oh, man, we uh, uh, now what is it? Next month, you and I are getting together in Lenore City. That's next month, isn't it? Yes, it is. Okay, uh, we're going to get together for the committee of one hundred. Committee of one. Okay, very good. I look forward to that. Keep reminding me because I I, I I remember it, and uh, and I don't know if I exactly put it on my calendar, but you will. We'll talk again. Uh, one of the things, uh, too, when, remember, Neil, in your prayers that he is ambulatory. He's now with a – you've got a crutch now. and uh, Do you have a walker, too, yeah. or just a, you're just trying to crutch? Just a crutch. Just a crutch. And so the next step is a cane. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then uh, put a taser on the end of that and uh, kind of do that. There you go. There you go. All right. Uh, wow. I still got questions about – uh, aerating and overseeding and all of that stuff. We'll get to that next week if we can, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Neil Denton, what a, a gift that he is to East Tennessee, and he's a treasure. And we love him, appreciate him. We'll see him uh, next week. Phil Williams on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Hey, everybody. This is Dan Bespris, host of Fantasy NBA Today, a daily fantasy basketball podcast. We cover every box score from every game every day. Plus bonus shows on buy low opportunities, players to stash, schedule analysis, and really anything you could need to smash your league into deliciously tiny pieces. Catch the Fantasy NBA Today podcast, part of the Believe Network, on YouTube or wherever you listen.